You are listening to the Radio Free Podcasting Network. Your weekly dose of pop culture. All the movies we've seen. All your favorite things. Star Wars. Twin Peaks. Game of Thrones. Kingdom Hearts. Beloved characters. Targeted to what's really important to you. Welcome to John in 60 Seconds, where we celebrate the films of John Cusack one minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Patrick. And I'm your other host, Nathan. And today we are looking at Minute One of Say Anything, which starts with the 20th Century Fox logo and ends with DC talking about the possibility for love. Before we jump into it, Nate, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Um, It, mu- it must have been with my sister because she uh, introduced me to films such as Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer. And uh, Say Anything would have certainly been in that pocket. Uh, She was seven years older than me, so about the time that this came out, it was more relevant for her on a social level than it was for for me. But she introduced me to a lot of these. I don't actually remember the first time I saw it. I just know it had to have been with her. Yeah, I think the first time I saw it was at uh, our buddy Dave's house, where we watched a lot of John Cusack films. I can think of a couple others that I watched there for the first time, but I'm I'm guessing Say Anything was on that list. Don't exactly remember, but I know... We, we all kind of watched it a lot together. Right. So the film opens, like I said, with the 20th Century Fox logo. Brings me back to the days when Star Wars opened with that. <laughs> right. And it's a uh, Cameron Crowe film. I like how the film opens right away with stuff to look at. You know, back in, uh, you know, back in the day, you, you, it was the opening credits that were just nothing but you know, titles on, on a screen. You know, you know, just white text on a black screen. Yeah. And, and uh, now they save that for the end. But it's just... I don't know. The action starts right away with dialogue. It's it's like right when that 20th Century Fox logo drops, you get into you know, the conversation with these three friends that obviously trust each other and they're, uh, you know, um, it starts off at a, on a really good note, I think. Definitely. And it doesn't take him long to jump into Lloyd wanting to ask Diane Cord out again. Right. And I mean, that's that really starts the, the action of the film. Right. So like you said, we didn't have to do 20 minutes of figuring out who everybody is. Right. Because, you know, we, we know who most of these people are anyway, probably. But, but you know, opening credits are neat because, who was it? Nancy Wilson that uh, did part of the music? I don't know if that's in minute one or if it's going to come up in minute two. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. It ties into what it did say. It's a Cameron Crowe film, and they were, uh, they were married. Um, Cameron Crowe and Nancy Wilson were? At that time, yeah. They separated much later, I think, in, in the 2000s. But yeah, they were married at the time. and Had no idea. And that's uh, how she ended up doing the music. But, I, I um, need to go pick up some hard. I bought some Pat Benatar yesterday. Really? No, what? no, shit. Sorry. Joan Jett. <laughs> Joan Jett. <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's a long uh, tirade about the women of rock um, that just goes back to my old office mate and us, you know, growing down by, you know, by Pandora. So we had a Pat Benatar station and a Joan Jett station and sometimes the, the two blend and a lot of heart came in there. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but I will tell you that I love rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> and I don't hate myself for loving you, Patrick. <laughs> Thank you. Now it looks like it looks like one, two, three, four. This may have been Cameron Crowe's third film. Hmm. Looks like he did the screenplay for Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. Written by so The Wildlife, which I don't think I've ever seen, written by. No, me neither. And then there was a Fast Times TV show that I did not know about. No, no. Just no. called Fast Times, no Ridgemont High. Okay. That he uh it just says based on characters created by. So I don't think he had anything to do with it. Hmm. And then say anything. 
Let's say anything was 89. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, like you said, for your sister was seven years older than you? Yeah, so. She's I, right, I right in there. She'd have been 19. Yep. So, yeah, for sure. And then he has some of the other films later that I think more people that didn't, didn't come up when we did associate him with, like Jerry Maguire sure. and Almost Famous, Singles, Grunge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Grunge. I forgot he did Vanilla Sky. Oh, yeah. And We Bought a Zoo. Oh. Which I never saw. No, I didn't see that either. It was Matt Damon, right? Yeah. All right. But back to say anything. Sure. So uh, we start with Corey saying that she doesn't feel anything. Strange opening line for him. Right? right? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, it makes sense. There's this numbness that comes, I guess, with like having, for better or for worse, one part of your world just completely like, okay, this isn't happening anymore. And then, well, now what? You know? Mm Mm-hmm. I, uh... You know, I don't remember exactly how I felt when I graduated high school. I wasn't chasing a girl, but maybe that would have made the experience more memorable. But um, yeah, I can understand just not feeling anything. Do you remember what any of your teachers wrote in your yearbook? I don't know if any. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure I had. I'm sure I had at least one teacher or so write in my yearbook. Probably had Mrs. Mooney write in my yearbook. I really liked her a lot. But uh, no, I don't remember what they wrote in my work yearbook. They certainly did not call me a live wire. I'll, t- I'll tell you that. <laughs> Corey's played by Lily Taylor, right. who has kind of been in a ton of stuff, but I always think of her from an episode of The X-Files she was in. Oh, okay. But then looking at the IMDb, she's in a lot of stuff I didn't even realize she was in. She was on Law and Order, but everybody had been on Law and Order. <laughs> right. And yet her counterpart, DC, has like the smallest IMDb ever. Mm. I forget the actress's name. It's a shame, because I like DC. Yeah, she is uh, Amy bo- Brooks. And it looks like she only did four movies. Broadcast News, Say Anything, something called Beach Beverly Hills, and she was Bikini Audition Girl 2. Okay. I never saw Broadcast News. I'm aware of it, but... I can't remember if I've seen that either. Is that like William Hurt? No, there's John Hurt and William... I think it was William Hurt, maybe? I think you're right. Okay. Um, Because I could click it and we could find out. But I like DC and Corey because they... uh, you know, they level with Lloyd. I mean, and maybe they're not always right, but they let him know exactly how they feel. They don't, uh, you know, they don't pull punches or, or sugarcoat stuff. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, I think uh, it's an important thing about friends is that you, uh, you know, you tell each, you know, each other stuff. Like you tell your, you know, your friend, like, hey, dude, you've got snot on your shirt, you know. Figuratively, you know, figuratively or literally. Sometimes, you know, we walk around with snot on our shirt, <laughs> yeah. and we just need someone to point it out and be like, "Hey, you know, you look like crap." And you know, so I mean, they're wrong in this case. You know, they they don't think he has a chance with this girl, and you know, as we will eventually find out, he certainly does. But I don't know. They're being the best friends they can anyway, or the best friends they know how to at the moment. And this scene definitely sets up the fact that looks like all of Lloyd's close friends are girls, which is. <laughs> A key yeah. <laughs> later on at one of the best scenes, but we'll get there. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, Corey and DC are yeah, bickering about their yearbook. Maybe that you know, that he's living with his sister is, that too. is, is something, you know, that might, might have something to do with the lack of dudes around, you know, yeah. in, 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 his, in his life. I don't know. I hadn't really thought too much about that. But that's why we're doing this. Exactly. Uh, and amidst their bickering, he says he lets them know that he's going to take out Diane Court again. Right. Which their reaction cracks me up because uh, they tell him that he never took her out in the first place. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And DC clarifies that, it, you know, because Lloyd calls it a date, mm-hmm. and DC uses the word what, I'm scrolling, you know, prearrangement, right? Yeah. It's like Lloyd didn't prearrange anything with Diane. You know, it's kind of like saying you had a date with someone because he rode the bus with them, but. 
because he sat across from her in a mall and ate right. together. <laughs> but it tells you a lot about Lloyd's character. Hmm. Um, he considered that a lot more important than, as we find out later, than Diane. <laughs> Didn't even remember him. Had to look him up in the yearbook. But right. And then we get into the three of them debating on what the de- what what defines a date, what's a scam. What's a scam. And what is love. Oh, God. I remember this. this I went to this dance where, like, my the church that I went to, I'm, like, 12 years old, probably. Uh, and the church that I went to, like, cooperated with some other church, actually around the corner from uh, from here. I think it was somewhere off La Palma. And there was, you know, a 12-year-old church dance or whatever. And there was this girl that was cute. And, you know, we I got to slow dance a bit. And um, I had uh, I had an ingrown toenail at the time. And at some point, someone stepped on my toe. And that really hurt. But that's, you know, that's a whole side story. But, um, <laughs> But at some point, some kid was like, did you scam with that girl? And I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. I never knew what that word meant all through junior high and high school. I kind of gathered it to me in like, just like cheap making out, you know. Yeah, I think I figured that out later. For the sake of making out and being like, oh yeah, I made out. Maybe I figured out when I watched this movie and DC said a scam is lasting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Most um, of my education comes from movies. Yeah, I, I, if that's the case, I certainly, I, I didn't scam with anyone in high school. I'm sad, but yeah, but you slow danced when you were 12 and got your foot stepped on. I did and learned a valuable lesson that love is pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I wonder what they ate at the mall. Doesn't matter. Corey says a scam is going out as friends, which means like if we see Rogue One again on Monday, or you, if you see Rogue One again and I see Rogue One with you on Monday, that's a scam. Uh, that would be. <laughs> which I'm okay with that. Yeah. <clears throat> but DC no, insists, no, it's lusting, whether you're 12 years old uh, at a date, in which case, I I don't know, is a girl stepping on your foot lusting? I, I can't tell. I guess it depends on uh, if you enjoyed the pain. Yeah. Or... I don't know. I guess a fair question is, did you feel the pain? So. <laughs> um, is the scene with the matchbook in the first minute? Because it's not part of the screenplay anyway. No, not yet. Okay. We're not there. All right. In fact, I think we're not seeing the matchbook until minute three. Okay. So as, as we wrap up this minute, Lloyd and Corey, in the screenplay, Lloyd and Corey ask simultaneously, then what's a date? And that brings us back to DC saying a date is prearrangement with the possibility for love. Which really sets up the first act of the film, what we're about to see. Yeah. I don't know. I've been on a few dates, some that probably didn't have the possibility for love in the first place, but I guess, I don't know. Do I still call it a date if there wasn't? I don't know. I don't know. What's a date? Dating sucks. You got that right. (laughs) Um, Dating when you're 18 sucks because it's totally intimidating and, and frightening and, uh, Dating when you're 39 sucks because it's totally intimidating and frightening. And a lot of work because when you're 39, you got a whole lot of other stuff to you know take care of, right? Yeah. Well, okay. maybe that's why this film in particular still holds up for us. <laughs> yeah, it's liberating, right? You know, it, you know there's it simplifies things. You know, cuts out some of the, I don't know, the, the minutia. And uh, we get bogged down by, by stuff that doesn't really matter. And I guess, you know, maybe that's what, and again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it's kind of hard not to when you're just in minute one, but. You know, when uh, when Diane calls Lloyd basic, mm-hmm. you know, that's um, and she thinks it's, you know, maybe that she offended him. And of course, she hasn't because he's worshiping the street she lives on. But, um, you know, basic in the sense of, I don't know, um, just 
trying to focus on what's important and saying everything else doesn't matter. Like, again, like, you know, I can't figure it all out tonight, sir. I'm, you know, right now I'm just going to hang with your daughter. I mean, that's, <laughs> there's something really beautiful in that kind of targeted attention to what's really important to you. Well, Lloyd lives in the moment. Yes, he does. Probably more than any uh, realistic character I can think of. Yeah, which is why he's, you know, he's such the hero. Mm-hmm. So relatable, more than probably more than any of the 80s movies that I still watch because most of them got a little slapsticky or sure. emphasized, overemphasized 80s culture. Sure. Whereas this film, I mean, maybe aside from how people are dressed, you could drop it in at any time and it still works. I'd say so, yeah. And uh, again, we're getting a little bit ahead mm-hmm. of ourselves, but you know, probably not a lot of people are singing Whitney Houston at graduation these days, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Aside from little things like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You can, yeah, you can swap in. I don't know. What do you think? Minute two? I think that's it. I think that'll do it for minute one. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at John in 60. That's John in six zero for notifications when the next episode's released. All right. And uh, yeah, we, we look forward to doing the show and yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. 